the selfless sacrifices our parents make and get on to journaling for goodness sake. On today's episode of the Triple H podcast, we chat with Adelaide Crow, Brooke Tonin. We discuss her amazing parents that just did everything to see her succeed, those feelings of being drafted and homesickness. Dan, this chat meant a lot to me and it was amazing to finally get Brooke on the show. It was terrific. I really enjoyed being able to spend time with her and listen to her story and she's had a really good footy career so far. I'm looking forward to seeing it blossom. Absolutely. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Ciao for now. Twilla, money budnik. Twilla, wakana padnik. Nai gana biako mankalankala. Mata wachanga gana miena. Nai wangandi money to budnik gana yatana, irindi yata, tandendanga, wada, irabina. Nai nari kamatbi maricha. Hello and welcome to this podcast coming to you over the lightning brain being the internet. My name is Mickey O'Brien, a descendant of the Ghana people, and it is my pleasure to welcome you here to the Adelaide Plains. We uh, call upon the spirit people of our ancestors to bring you good blessings and to send away that sadness. We say that our face, it tells us where we've been, but our heart tells us where to go. Never say goodbye, always say see you later. So, nakara to you, nechaya, thank you for coming, because you're the important person when you come to a place. Nakara, nechaya, nakara, nechaya. Welcome to the Triple H Podcast, where we embrace vulnerability and encourage authenticity as we have meaningful conversations with the people in our lives. We're your hosts, Dan and Jed, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple H podcast. I'm your host, Jed, with the wonderful Dan. Dan, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you, Jed. It's another episode. I'm so grateful to be here and can't wait to get started. Absolutely. Dan, busy week, good week. It's been really good. The weather's nice. It is. Fringes on, been going to heaps of events. Footy's been good. Uni's back and up and running. Keen to. Dancing's back. Dancing Soon. is back. And it just it just feels a bit of normality in life. Even better now because we have an incredible guest that yeah. we're going to touch on. Yeah, very special. Very special for me because this person is very instrumental in this podcast. I don't think she really knows that. But this person is someone that we talked a lot about my hardship being last year, which was a terrible, terrible time. But one of the biggest highlights of my year last year was the girls footy program. I was able to get involved and engage with something that's so special and taught me so much about me. And this person was so pivotal in creating a good culture and ensuring that everybody was engaged. And every time that I came to do something mindfulness based, she was the first one to be like, I'm here for this. I love this. And this person is also when we trialed the triple H when we did it at the school, it was a really credible day. This person at our end of year dinner. And this is that I could have easily almost put this as my highlight. If I wanted to kind of flip my hardship from last year and kind of give it a sort of highlight, this would be it. It would be at the footy dinner. I hadn't really gotten any really mention. And not that we do anything for mentions, especially, you know, everything I did with the footy program completely for free. None of it was paid, but I did it for the love of it. 
But this person went out of their way. They didn't mention any other coach. And they went something like, thank you, Jed, for all of his mindfulness work. And I hope this is just continued into the year. And I cried. I was at the table and my I welled up and I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. I texted my dad right away. Hey, she did it. She, <laughs> she gave me a mention in the speech. I did it, mate. I did something. I must have done something good this year because I felt like something went right. If I had at least hit one person who I know is going to have an amazing career and is going to do such amazing things with her life, knowing that I had maybe even just somewhat of an impact, life-changing for me. And that's why it is so special that we do have the one and only Brooke Tonin on the podcast, everybody. Brooke, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me. That was a good introduction. That was probably the one of the best that we've had so far <laughs> because it was so authentic. And you Love guys that. obviously have such a good relationship. And I'm so – it's going to be pretty cool to be able to be a part of this. Well, yeah, I think Brooke enabled us – at the footy program to really tap into this. And when Dan and I were contemplating, what do we do? I just thought back to my biggest highlight of the year and it was you. And then obviously another highlight of last year was seeing you be drafted to the Crows. I remember I cried again. I was crying a lot about you, Brooke. Appreciate it. All in love. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. All good tears, but there were tears of just such happiness. I'd never had such a really close impact with somebody doing such amazing things. So Brooke, obviously AFL women's player playing for the Crows. Crom. Go the Crom and absolutely Crumb. nailing it at state level in the Sandville, killing it with the Bays. Kicked how many goals in your first game back for the year? Six. And that was Slazy. the record. Yeah. Just a or sorry, six. it tied the record. Yeah, nearly. Six goals, one. Not good enough. Six goals, two. Jeez. As a natural back woman, sorry. Back woman, yeah, as, as well. a natural. To kick six goals, that's awesome. I'm just going to jump in. i got a really good question just because obviously it wasn't a part of your Scotch program. When Jed presented that sort of Triple H, what was your first instinct that came to mind when, when Jed would say, hey, this is what I've got this idea that I want to run by? What were you thinking? Have you, have you done any of that sort of stuff before? How were you feeling when, when Jed presented that? Um, I've been like briefly introduced to it at Bays. Like they did a few that have two per training do it, but I was only out there for a few. Um, so then they kind of ended it. But then when he brought it up, I took it real seriously. I got my notes out. I like did this whole paragraph on each like thing. Then we got there and didn't even need it. Like, it was fantastic. The group of girls really, like, opened up. And, like, every year level did it, every um team. And, yeah, I feel like every time someone spoke halfway through their speech, there'd be tears, like, every time. Yeah. Like, it was so good, so vulnerable. Yeah, That's it was something amazing. that you talked about, Jed, is that you – obviously, you can touch on it, this is your story, but you walked past and that you saw your team, which was obviously the senior A's, all just embracing one another. Did you want to chat about that? Energy was tangible. Mm. It was magnificent. It was, I'd left my team. I'd just done it with, which was so great. I cried again. A lot of crying already talking about me crying on this episode. Hopefully but I cry I again like soon. This is a big part of your new chapter. Yeah. This football. Absolutely. In this school that you've been a yeah. part of. Yeah. Um, you're now taking in all the things that you've learned over the past, let's say year into all this sort of stuff now. Yeah. So I walked past and they were all just hugging, just weeping. Like, and then I just watched every single girl walk out of the room, arm over the other one into the change rooms. You could just feel it. And then afterwards, everyone kind of just hung around and just walked and everyone was just chatting with one another. Like all teams were kind of just connecting and it was this really beautiful energy in the air of everyone that just bared their souls. And I walked in and to the coach who I'm very close with, he was in tears. Mm. And he said, that was the most amazing thing I've ever done. And I guess that's how the Triple H podcast was born, really. In, in some ways, I guess me kind of thinking we need to make something more of this and 
Dan luckily taught me it and then I was able to implement it at Scotch. So, Brooke, Dan is the person you should really be thanking. Thank you, Dan. That's okay, Brooke. I think it's also a credit to you, Brooke, just because obviously you would have been one of the leaders of that group from your experience playing at Glenelg. I feel like I've been a part of teams if or clubs if the – top players or leaders are the ones that are pushing this sort of stuff. It's easy for Jed to come up with ideas and all these different things. Um, but if someone like you is actually pushing it, I think that's when these mindfulness programs start to really go. So I think you need to be accredited for yourself for obviously pushing it as well because obviously a lot of the girls would have looked up to you and gone, you know what, if Brooke can chat about that in front of all of us, why can't I? I think that's a really good skill of yours is that you're able to be vulnerable and we're looking forward to hearing more about your story today. Easy. Is that something that's always kind of come naturally to you? No, um, I actually really struggle with being open. I, even to myself, I don't like talking often about my feelings. I can't talk to yeah, some things that happen. I can't talk to friends. I don't feel like I can really expose myself that often. So it's a really hard thing for me to do, but I think I'm getting better at it. And this stuff definitely helps. We're going to roll into talking about your feelings and stuff you maybe don't want to talk about. And I'm going to ask you one question, Brooke, what's your biggest fear? Probably failing myself. So that's a really big thing for me. I need to – I want to be successful. I don't want to just have that, oh, yeah, nine to five, like working, you know, get married, do whatever. I just want to do something with my life. And I feel like I've kind of done that a little bit already, but I kind of want to grow and not just end it there. I don't want to plateau, I guess. That's why one thing I don't want to do. Why? I feel like I would be very disappointed because I feel like life, you're meant to live it with purpose and meant to do something, you know, like you've done this podcast, you're getting people talking about things which probably need to be talked about like nowadays. And then, yeah, just to live your life, go through the motions, I feel like that's not what we're meant to be doing. What age do you reckon you started thinking, you know what, I really want to be at this next level. What can I do? How can I do? How can I get there to be, get to that next level? What age roughly do you reckon when you started to realise that this could be a possibility? I reckon I was about... 14, 15, definitely not when I first started because there was no pathways. But, um, yeah, I reckon around that age I was like, oh, there's a different level. Maybe I can make it to state. I never thought about AFLW until the year I got drafted, really, the year before. But, um, yeah, I reckon 14, 15 was when I was like, yeah, let's try. I feel like we might get into it in a second with obviously the first H, but I'm really fascinated by that ability to be your own human, to go away from the crowd at such a young age. And we're probably going to get into it and I imagine I have a bit of a feeling maybe who your hero is and maybe someone that helped that. But would you say that your hero potentially shaped that for you to go on your own path or was that a solo thing? Yeah, no, um, I definitely tried. I knew what I wanted to do, but they definitely um, made sacrifices and stuff so I could actually do it. I could not have done it without them. Well, what yeah. a perfect segue to talk about them. So who is this incredible hero, Brooke? Um, my mum and dad are both very important in my pathway um dad like mum has been amazing she's my support I can I talk to her every day on the phone I'll drive home from training I'll call mum talk about my day talk about anything and um and dad was massive he made heaps of sacrifices like worked heaps so I could um we could afford like going away staying in hotels and everything he would drive come off midnight shift drive me a 10 hour round trip on a Wednesday to go to Glenelg like juniors training get back home and he'd work the next day like he um that would happen every week for about uh, two months, three months. And then one year when I made state, he would drive up every weekend, no weekends to himself, would go every weekend for six months 
and he would yeah take me every trip. He drove me a lot. He was very focused on me achieving um, in footy and all areas of my life. Yeah, mum was mum was a support and dad was the driver, I reckon. And yeah, now they're both very very passionate about how I um, live my life and how not how I live my life, but me pursuing what I want to do. Parents' names, mum is Rachel, Rachel and Ben. Rachel and Ben. Mount Gambier is a fair way away. Like I've been there a couple of times. It's a fair drive and a lot of effort. Seven hours? Five. Ah, that's that's so special. Mm. That is so special. So Ben, dad, let's just break that back down. Finish at 12 at night. Yeah, he would um, come off midnight shift or he would come off afternoon shift, whatever. What was he doing? Um, He works in at Mondelez, like making cream cheese and the Philly dips and stuff so in the factory. Yeah. So. Cheesecake. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he would finish work or he would have to start that night when I got back or the next morning. So I would get home at 1am and he would start work at 8am and then come back and do wow, it again. Wow, that's special. Yeah, I'm very grateful for him. What age do you think that clicked in your mind of, wow, look at the sacrifices my parents are making. I want to make something of this or not even that. But I don't think it's a sense of I want to make something of this because you're a really driven person. A lot of people have a lot of pressure from their parents. Okay, this is a two-part question kind of. One, what age were you like, wow, this is a lot of amazing stuff my parents are doing for me? Um, Probably second year of state maybe. Like, I was always grateful. That's when I was like, I actually looked at the time that they put in and I was like, wow, they actually, I'm really grateful for them because otherwise I wouldn't be able to do what I have over the past few years, I reckon. Secondly, do you feel pressure to, you know, right? Like I, I feel... Uh, somewhat pressure. I'm really grateful and, and, and so are you and we're really privileged. We got to go, we're sitting in uh, school, which is an incredible school, Scotch College in Adelaide and it's an amazing school and we're sitting in the boarding house and it's wonderful that we're here. It must feel special for you being back quote unquote home, second home, I guess for a bit. You and I are both very privileged to have gone here. So I know I feel a pressure because my parents obviously sacrificed a lot and they sacrificed a lot in terms of financially and life to get me here, I was really lucky to go to this school as well. I, none of my other siblings had the opportunity that I've had. So have you ever felt the pressure, right, of being able to, I've had all these amazing things I've got here, I better repay them? Yeah, No, definitely. Not even pressure from them, just pressure from myself, knowing what they've done for me. I'm like, I really have to pull my finger out and really use this because what's the point? May as well be back at home. I'm at, at Mount High. Um, but yeah, even with footy, I thought, What's the point of them driving all this way, using all, like spending all their money, spending all their time, like thoughts? I can't imagine what um, thoughts I've had over my journey. So I think no, definitely I didn't want to waste what I've been given. I felt like pressure for myself. I really need to um, use what I've been given and make the most of what I've done. I think you've made some really good points. I think the parents' work that you that they've done for you almost drives you to do things like kick six goals or you do those things that you can make them proud and you go – I totally understand you've made all these sacrifices. I'm, you know what? I'm going to work harder. I'm going to train harder. I'm going to do all these things to, sh- to be like, this is, this is for you guys, all the work that you've done. And I think, Jed, you made some really good points about the sacrifices that our parents make. And I think for a lot of us until not even some, some people might be our age, 22, until we realize the sacrifices that our parents have made. I've seen that more through my dad. He's got two new kids. And I see that from, from afar, all the sacrifices they make for those two little kids and you go, that would that would have been me when I was their age, all the things they're doing differently and how they even small things like they might take less of, of some of some sort of food so the kids can have sort of more. So I think that's something that's an awesome feeling when we get to that age when we realise 
wow, our parents do so much for us. And, and you touched on some really good points. And I want to come back to that though, on that notion, incredible to be grateful as we are and we're talking about, but also they get a lot from it as well. I watched that first game watching your dad and mum cheer was a sight to see. And I know you're talking about not having that pressure from your parents. And that pressure sometimes is a good thing. Sometimes pressure is important. But do you feel as if that pressure has ever come from your parents at all? There's definitely um, moments where you get that kind of parents are parents. They want you to do well. They kind of um, not – I didn't. I never had the you need to do this, you need to do that. But it's kind of like you've been given this opportunity. We want you to work hard. Not no expectations like, oh, you need to get 30 disposals, you need to get um, straight A's like – I'd beat myself up over an A minus, and that'd be like, we'd be happy if you got a C as long as you worked hard, like that kind of thing. So I was, yeah, grateful. They've never, um, never made me feel like a burden. I think it's just myself trying to, um, I don't know, me feeling that way because they're not putting that on myself from what they've given me. But um, yeah, not sure where that's come from. Not, not them, but yeah. Just a natural thing that you've obviously put on yourself, but it's obviously paying off because you're doing some awesome things at the moment. Brooke, you're not a burden. No. Thank you. Yeah. I want you to say that. I'm not a burden. I'm not a burden. <laughs> Good. Good to hear. Now, we've got that phone connected. Let's get a let's get mum on the line. If you can. Alrighty. Hey mum. How are you? How you going? Good, what's going on? Um, I'm on the podcast right now. Oh. No, you're fine. Oh, yes. Um, and we're just talking about our heroes. Oh, yep. And um I was talking about you and dad. Oh, that's lovely. Um, I just wanted to say I'm really grateful for all the sacrifices you've made to be able to, for me to be able to come to Adelaide and do what I'm doing at the moment. Um, you've been amazing. And we would do it over and over again. <laughs> but um, no, seriously though, over the past how many years? Five years? And you've done yeah. all of that for me. Um, you, you being the kid that you are, you made it easy for us to make that decision because you always do everything 100%. And we would do anything to give you what you um, your dreams that come true. Thanks, Mama. So really we would do it over and over and over again. I appreciate you. We love you a lot. Love you. I'll catch you later. Okay, sweet. Love you. Love you more. Bye. Bye. I love that. How do you feel? Yeah, good. So I think it's something that we've talked about that we don't do enough is that we we go out, go by our days and go by our life doing things and we acknowledge our parents, but to be actually say it to them, to their to their face, basically, quote unquote, it, it sounded quite. You could tell that she was really proud of you during that conversation. I, I could feel that. How were you feeling during that? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever had that. I'm not good at expressing myself really well, so I just say, "Oh, thank you, like, I appreciate it," but I've never really. I think that's and that's easy too because it's easy to be like thanks we appreciate it but to mm-hmm. then continue to explain why so they can really feel the meaning behind the actual message. I read an incredible quote that like when you're giving someone an affirmation or saying thank you, make it go for thirty seconds. Don't just say hey thanks for that time you dropped me to this place. What you did then was really special because that that lengthening out of the gratitude makes them really know and understand how much you mean to them. Yeah. Why do you think you're not great at expressing yourself? I don't know because I don't, I don't think I've ever – I haven't had many hardships or anything that I've had to really be like, oh, I need help with this or anything. I've kind of been fine. I think, yeah, definitely um, coming into year 12, going through year 12 and then like living by myself, moving away from home, it became a lot 
oh, I actually need help with things, new group of friends, everything. But um, now I've got a, a few really good friends that I can, yeah, kind of talk to and I'm there for them, which makes me feel appreciated. Not not them saying like, oh, thank you, I appreciate you, but I'm they can trust me enough for me to listen to what they're having to go through. So I think that's really special. Do you feel like you're on a journey of letting yourself express? Yeah, definitely. I've um, bought myself a journal for this hey. year. Um, you into I've, journaling? Love journaling. Yeah, I've tried writing. I've been kind of on and off, but um, yeah. like what I'm grateful for, what I've done that day, what my goals are for that day, like that kind of thing. And I feel like that's just really good just to look back. and. Are you finding it helping heaps? Yeah, no, it's been um, good, especially like the grateful, like at the end of the day. Most people do at the start, but I'm like, yeah, at the end, what yeah. you've been, who you, you've been grateful for, something that you've been grateful for, and yeah, I think it's been really good. I feel like it's easy to go through our days, and especially if someone like you, you're playing AFL football, and I feel like it would go so quickly. So to be able to be so present and re- reflect on the, some of the things that you're doing, I think that's so important, and I think you're going to really cherish all the stuff you're doing, and it's going to make you an even better footballer because you're not rushing. You're sort of just being pr- as present as possible. And enjoying all the moments that are coming just because like we talked about these things don't last forever and that's just that's just a fact. And um, yeah, we both Jed and I love journaling and I haven't been do- doing it very recently, but um, it's when I'm journaling, I can sense and I can feel that it's very important to do because I, I get a lot from it and I think it's quite um, an important skill to do, but less about journaling. Um, I think we can move on to your just, hardship. Just before we get there, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Let's get a quote so we can say it. You heard it here first, everybody. Get on to journaling. That is sponsored, certified by the one and only Brooke Tonin. Brooke, you love journaling. Journaling's great. Journaling's great, everybody. Get involved. Get involved. (laughs) Get involved involved in journaling. Maybe something that you might have put down in your journal because that's our second H. Maybe something that you've written down recently or maybe something that's just on your mind. Biggest hardship. As I said about my heroes, I've spoken to mum and dad a lot. Um on the phone because I don't see them. They they do their best. They come up a bit to watch me play footy and stuff. But I think being away from them, like moving away from home, like the first year of boarding was that easy as, like, I don't know why. Flowed through it. Didn't really, wasn't really homesick. And then, yeah, through year 12, as I've not as busy, like when I wasn't working, now that I'm working, I'm not really enjoying it. I think missing home, missing my brother, missing um, my family that I don't see. Very often, like, um, my grandparents, I saw them once in six months last year and that was quite hard. I'm really close with them. But, yeah, I think the moving away from home is probably my biggest hardship. Not so when I first moved away, but kind of now and, um, yeah, throughout last year. I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to just because people travel or people move to other cities for work. And I think, like what you talked about, that honeymoon stage when you go to school and you're excited for this new journey and you graduate school and you're in footy and everything's great but there's still times where you miss people like your grandparents and stuff like that and I think it's something that a lot of people go through that find it really really difficult and obviously it's a true hardship that we've all sort of been through a little bit about like my sister moved away to Sydney for about well she's still there she lives out I miss her all the time so um, how do you feel now in this position? Sort of like what sort of what are some of the things that you do to just help with that? Like when you're homesick, is there things that you can do, or obviously FaceTime's available? Is there stuff that you do to help with that? Yeah, um, yeah, FaceTime's massive. I will be cooking dinner, and I'll FaceTime mum. We'll cook dinner together on the phone. Call dad and just talk about footy. 
work and stuff and um yeah I feel like FaceTime is massive and then when they come up I'll won't organize anything else for that weekend I'll just be with them the whole time like you don't get sick of it because you haven't seen them so it's um nah it's really good my brother I'll get him like a something from Woolies like nothing big like but it just makes him feel like oh thinking of him yeah he's not a very big personality like he's compared to a lot of other people I know like he's um reserved but not really like we would fight a lot at home not not big fights but as you would with your siblings and then um, when I played my first Glenelg game he cried when I had my first kick and I was like wow that was really special because we never really spoke. Um, Do you feel like being away emotion? from your, let's say your brother, almost brings you closer together just yeah. because you're not around each other all the time? Having that separation for him almost goes when you kick your first goal or kick your first kick, he almost misses you that much that those emotions come out and it's easy when you're together. It's either fight or you're in my room or get out of this, blah, blah, blah. Having that separation, I'm sure you'd miss him even more in those situations. No, definitely. No. And I'll, mum and dad will come up sometimes without him, like, oh, why isn't Jim coming? And I love him a bit. So he definitely grown closer, I think, even though we're not with each other a lot. Just when we see each other, it's more special. What's the age gap? He is 15, three yeah, years. Three years. Has that relationship always been a smooth relationship or was, is that – have you had ups and downs like most siblings but or have you been quite close siblings? Yeah, no, we've been quite close. Like we go to the gym together, shoot basketball. Like we um, get along really well. I love so, that. Yeah. Family's big for you, Brooke. Yeah. And it's hard being away from them. Yeah. Was there a moment in year 12 that you just went, this is too much, I'm going back home? I never really got the opportunity to go home just because – like even in long weekends, all the boarders would go away and I would stay up here because I had a footy training. So I kind of had to be here, which was kind of sucked at sometimes because you're like, I just want to have a break. Footy's my life up here and I kind of want to step back, but I never really got that opportunity. I remember there was this one physics assignment and I called my mum four times that day, just bawling on the phone, like I couldn't do it. And she knows nothing about physics, didn't finish year 12, and she was doing all this research on this refraction of light practical trying to get me to finish it and I was like no nah, I'm dropping it and she's like that's fine like she let me drop it after all of her research that she probably had never done in her life trying to help me with this physics assignment I'm worried about being a parent one day to purely have that <laughs> I, I would have no idea what to do I would be googling the wrong things and then my poor child would have the wrong assignment like I don't know how I would go with having, having to deal with that sort of stuff so hats off to your mum for definitely tried committing to a year 12 physics assignment I can't do maths let alone physics like it was only year 11, so it wasn't too oh. bad. But, but yeah, that was one time I was like, oh, I just want to be home. Because, yeah, she didn't care if I dropped it or anything. Um, I feel like there's not been one really big moment, but just lots of little ones where I was like, just I just need, a, just need a hug from mum or need a hug from dad. You touched on something really important there about this idea of footy being your life. Do you hate that or love it? I love it when – well, that's hard. I love it. I love all the opportunities that I'm given – I love all the um, – like, it's great fun. Like, the culture in all the footy teams I've been in has been fantastic. Like, everyone's amazing. But then there's this um, times where you're like, I just want to be a teenager. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of that um, last year with Glenelg and even a bit pre-season with the Crows, especially I was torn up because I didn't want to stuff anything up with the Crows. But it was, like, end of school's finishing. Like, everyone's – like, the One Tree Hill graduation and I had to take some pretty big, like – I can't do this because of footy, which looking back, I'll probably be grateful because I gave myself the best chance to perform. But then in the moment, it's like, oh, I'd really love to be in the moment doing what all other 
teenagers are doing. What are they out. doing? Oh, you know, going out, like doing <laughs> Tell things. us. What are they doing? Yeah. Give us all the details. Tell us all the sacrifices you made. It's not like um, a big sacrifice compared to what other people have done, but like, yeah, just going out when I was very – I can't stuff this up. So even in like year 11, when everyone would go out drinking, I'd be like, oh, I'll stay back. Like I went out drinking. I got permission. I was allowed to um, for One Tree Hill. And then I made the decision at grad because of COVID and everything. I was like, yeah, no, probably glad I did now because they got all got in trouble <laughs> for going out. But um, no, nah, definitely in the moment, it's like you would love to be spending time with your friends. You probably weren't going to see them for a long time. Definitely grateful that um, I was able to give myself best opportunity and show my commitment towards um, what I want to do. You've touched on a really good point when you were talking about the sacrifices that you probably had to make for football. But almost the thing that I related to a lot was the love-hate relationship because obviously we love football. You love football, you're playing at a high level, but almost there's always a part of you towards the end of the season or whenever it just does get a lot and does get full on and you want to do things like your friends might be like, hey, we're having a dinner, everyone's coming over and you're going to be like, I'm really sorry, but I've got training on a Tuesday night. And you miss out on things like that. And I think that's something that you don't have to push under the rug or sweep under the rug that it's it's okay to just be like, yeah, you know what? It is a little bit disappointing to miss out on those things. But I do love footy and it's going really, really well. It's going to pay off in the long run and it is paying off because you, you've played an AFLW game. And I think what you have to realise is that there's a lot of young girls starting to come through who are going to be looking up to you. And I think you have not the expectation, but I think the more you do these sacrifices, the better you're going to be and these girls that are coming through are going to be looking up to you and, and you'll be a role model for years to come. This is your first year of AFLW and you're already playing. So I just wanted to congratulate you on Thank all you. the commitment you've made to your sport just so for this far. Appreciate that. Let's dive more. Do you feel like a human before an athlete or an athlete before a human? I would say a human before an athlete just because like, we're not full-time yet, as you probably know. So I still get a fair bit of time. I'm doing something footy related five, six times a week. But like, it's always like good things. Like I love going to the gym, which is good. I love training's really fun. A lot of fitness out of it and get your um, weekly massage, which isn't bad. Wow. <laughs> um, Sign up to that. Goodness yeah, exactly. gracious. How I could good. do with a weekly massage. Um, but yeah, so I, I still can see my friends. I'm not, I'm allowed to see family still. Like it's definitely, I'm allowed to have my own person. Um, and around footy, like, the girls would catch up. Like, we had our own homemade – not sure if you saw our homemade friend show on the weekend. They invited um, Hans to come to um, – we had it at our coach's house. We had um, Hans. We had – love Hans. Another drag um, come out, like, comedians. Like, they do a really good job of making it a real culture. That's awesome. I do yeah. like that because obviously – Fantastic. We spoke about how – you can't go out to fringe and stuff because of COVID, but it's so good that the club's able to bring people into the club. I think it's awesome. Yeah, it was unreal. Like the funniest night I've had ever, I think. Like that was fantastic. That's awesome. Just last bit of your hardship. Do you feel as if sometimes your identity is so strongly tied to football that you lose yourself a little bit of who Brooke is? No, definitely. I, um, I'll be like, oh, but Brooke's coming. Oh, that's the one that plays footy. That's what I'm tied to a lot and I've been told a lot that like I do love talking about footy because that's what I do with most of my time but um, I've been told a few times, oh, your whole personality is football. Like do you do anything else? And it's like, oh, shit, maybe I don't. So I've, it was like funny I tried going through a stage where I would do the um, 
cross-stitching. I bought a cross-stitch to do and I actually never started it, but I was inspired to have another outlet. Like I love cooking and I love um, baking and stuff and that's something I'll do with my nana when I'm at home. So um, I'm just trying to get back into that so I can, not so for them, but for me, just to have something else so it's not all footy, footy, footy because that's, if that's what other people see me as, then what am I actually giving out? Does that frustrate you when people say that? Because like you said, you do so many other things. You're an amazing cook and you're baking. And the, is, uh, it, is it frustrating when people say that? Yeah, it was kind of like, oh, not a wake-up call as such, but more like maybe I do need to find something else that I love to do. And I'm still trying to find something that I can do more freely and not spend money on food so I can that I can um, make stuff and – I just need to try something else rather than fitness and footy and trying to find something that I love to do. Um, I've got a few books, so I've been into reading a lot. Um, We'd love to hear what, what books are you reading at the moment. We'd love, love some recommendations. Um, I actually love reading about the Holocaust. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've actually been to the Holocaust Museum in Washington. Oh, really? And if you ever do go to America, you have to go to that museum. I'm not Definitely. a big – I love museums, but I don't read anything. I just like looking at all the animals and stuff. But this yeah. is the best museum that I've ever, ever been to. Because all the information there was incredible. Oh, that's fantastic. I'd love to. Is there any, anything you've learned from it, reading the books? Oh, like obviously all the like history behind it, like how devastating it was. Different perspectives. I'd rather – I love reading true things, all things based off true events. Um, I, th- I find that really interesting. Like I've got Dustin Martin's autobiography that I'm reading now. There's a book I think called The, the Strongest Man or like it's about – someone who survived the Holocaust and everyone raves about it. The Happiest Man Alive. Thank you. Read that the other day. Yeah, I've heard that's a really, really good book. Everyone recommends that. So you read that? Yeah. Highly Um, recommend. Really good. Like, I think I read it in a day. Oh, there you go, guys. It's got a really good quote. Brooke Tonon suggests to read... The Happiest Man Alive. The Happiest Man Alive. Thank you for the suggestion, Brooke. Before we end, been racking my brain, something fascinating you're talking about. People identify you as a footballer. A lot in life, I feel... People see people as what they can get from them and what utility they provide them rather than just human beings. And we could talk for hours about issues with women in workplaces, women being seen for what they can do domestically, women being only seen for their value for what they can provide to a man or to a family or all that fucking rubbish. But as a woman playing football, do you feel as if you're experience in life has been benefited by the fact that you play football yeah no I completely understand where you're coming from I think especially you know you have the groups you have like the popular group or the gamer group like you know how you grow up through high school and you have like the groups that aren't really a thing I feel like I had special permission to be in or have the popular group like talk to me and stuff and be involved because I was successful in something and um, people were like, oh, no, like, you don't want to think that, but it definitely happens. If you have succeeded or done something really well, that's recognised by other people. People will want to talk to you and um, want to be seen with you and stuff. Like, it sounds silly, and I don't want to think of myself as, oh, I'm, like, successful or whatever. But, um, like, I noticed it a bit when I got drafted. I had so many people talk to me who haven't not talked to me in so long or I've had so many people oh, Brooke, how you going? Like, give me a hug. And I'm like, you've never talked to me before this, like, before today. It's just, which I think is a bit silly. I was expecting it. Yeah, I think it's something that happens quite naturally. If you've been successful in a field or an area, where it be academics or it be sport or it be theatre or something, someone, people, a group of people want to follow you around for that. 
And that's the human experience to a degree a little bit, right? We want to surround ourselves with people that we kind of think are going to boost our status and especially in our kind of ecosystem and environments that we live in. It's very common. How do you go with trying to not get into it too much? Because there's times where we really engage with our phones when it comes to connections with fans. And and then at the same time, you're obviously going to get people saying, Brooke, you're shit. You played a terrible game, blah, blah, blah. How do you sort of have a fine line of interacting with fans but still pushing back a little bit? Yeah, no, I think there's definitely a line like um, you get the really like creepy messages and then you have like the people who are really like lovely. I remember I when I was little I was really – I really liked the Collingwood Footy Club, like the um, the girls. that I was obsessed with Moana Hope in the first season and um, – one of the the Collingwood players had concussion. I sent her a message. Dad told me to send her a message and she replied within the day and like not even what she said but just having a reply from someone who I like idolised. I was like, wow, this is unreal. So I think I may not be anyone's like idol idols yet but just to have – just to possibly make someone feel like that is um, I think it's really important because it made me feel so special. So easy for for you in a position to just be like, hey – Thank you so much for the message. Really appreciate it. For you, that took five seconds. But for that girl, boy, whoever, they they will cherish that. And like what you said, when, when you had that message, it makes a big deal. But I know I've seen um, at my football club people talk to um, future AFL players who have come through, who are introduced to those girls, and, and they, they're they still talking about it this day. And I, and I see them and I go, remember talking to that girl? And they go, yeah, she's my favourite player. I'm so grateful that you were able to introduce me to her. So I think um, yeah, it's an awesome thing that you're able to speak to these fans who will hold, hold it forever. Well, you're my idol, Brooke. Oh, thank you. When are you seeing <laughs> yes. your parents next? next? I'm not sure. They were going to come to Melbourne if I was playing this week, but as I'm not, like, I won't see them. But Yeah, I'm not sure. That kind of kind of goes in the goes with the flow. Speaking of things that we love, let's run on to the third H. Last one. Highlight. I have a few highlights. Um, the most recent one, probably my debut. Oh, yeah. Powerade shower. That was pretty cool. Getting drafted. What was more of a highlight, drafted or first game? Oh, I think getting drafted, just being given the opportunity to be able to be a part of such a good program. I think that was the – and, like, the debut came from hard work, which was I was also very grateful for. It was a highlight. But, um, yeah, I think getting drafted was pretty – that was um, a building block for all that. When did that start heating up? Because obviously you had a really good start to your 2020 sample season. You were going really, really well. Was there a conversation with a coach or with someone within the uh, AFLW who said, hey, you're doing really, really well. There could be potential here of getting picked up. Do you remember when that those conversations started happening? Yeah. Um, I never thought I was a chance. I was never raved about like you had your – like Zoe Prowse and um, like your big names, who else? Gypsy Shermer and that. They were all – talked about in the media and you don't want to look at the media but it becomes very like oh they're not talking about me it's kind of like oh did that help with not being sucked into it so you could just focus on playing yeah um definitely I can't imagine the pressure that like Zoe and like because we're good friends now but play together um that they felt in their lead up to the draft I never thought I was a chance until my first few games in um 20 in 2021 last year when I was playing really good footy like the year before I was averaging six disposals got dropped a few times and then I started playing I was getting pretty high numbers and I was getting told I was playing pretty well I had never been in that form before and I thought oh maybe I can give it a crack and then um players would be like oh you're gonna try get, get drafted this year and I was like oh might actually people actually believe in me I might actually like give this a real real crack 
and then I got red carded at nationals and I thought, oh, maybe not for me. <laughs> so Can we touch on that a little bit? What, what happened there? Um, first game I got – I did a dangerous tackle. She was in a helmet, so obviously had previous concussion. That doesn't no. help. They stand out yeah, like no. sore thumbs, those helmets. At least you've lost you've, – you've already had a red card, so we yeah. can – we can tick that off the box. We don't need any more. list. Yeah, um, tick, red card, done. Now just on to bigger and better things. Take us to being drafted. I've seen the footage. It's wonderful. It's incredible. Everyone was there watching with all your mates, but you already knew. Yes. How long had you known for? I had known for a month beforehand. So let's scrap the whole video. Who cares about that? Let's talk about the phone call. Was it a phone call yeah. where you got told we we're going to pick you? Yeah, um, it was a phone call. I was in my room. I was ready to go to work where I worked at KFC at home. Um. <laughs> And Doc rang me and he goes, hey, how are you going? I was like, oh, yeah, good. You know, just the, oh, what are you doing? You know, he's like, oh, yeah, would really like to um, draft you. And I was kind of just there like, what do I say? I started crying. Dad comes in. He's like, does the big like double thumbs up or thumbs down? Like, is it a good conversation? I did the thumbs up. And then mum runs down. They're both running up and down the hallway. My brother's in his room like, what's going on? And then, yeah, he got off the phone and then I've got, in contact with like our PDM and stuff talking about housing and it just got all really real really quick but no, I was like <laughs> big group hug it was awesome that's wonderful those oh. moments that and you can you can see why your family's obviously so important to you because those moments where they're all with you and mm-hmm. and it's so good that you were with them because if you had that moment in the boarding house or whatever and you were by yourself yeah. you still would have been so pumped but when you've got other people with you to pump you up or get around you and give you a big hug and especially with those people that obviously had such a big sacrifice, it would have been such a diss moment. Like, this is yeah. the best. How good is this? No, definitely. And I couldn't tell anyone in the boarding house anyway, so it was kind of – it was so funny because we were in isolation. And you were still at school as well. That's yeah. the cool thing about the women's draft is that you get drafted and you're still at school for like no, halfway through cool the year. But we were in ISO leading up to it and everyone's like, oh, you're getting nervous? And I had to be like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> and then I didn't know. I was like stressing out. I was like, how do I act? They're going to record it. Like, do I act like I knew? Do Are you I- a bad liar too? Like, like that's the oh, thing. Like, I was oh, terrible. I'm super nervous. Like, I was like, oh, I'm so nervous. Like, I was like pacing. And then Billy um, and Zara and stuff were like in the kitchen. They thought that was so like, nah, she knows. Like, do you know? And I was like, no, I don't. Like, oh, she doesn't know. Like, they thought that was so on top of it. Then I had to do the whole fake. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, obviously, I was still surprised because I thought, what if they changed their mind? But, um, yeah, it was pretty cool to try and hide it, have that experience. To have that experience and that moment to be like, this is happening. I'm going to be an AFLW footballer. This is incredible. Did you have any um, players reach out when you got drafted? Yeah, they all sent me a message, which was um cool, like heaps cool. And then I had a FaceTime from Ebony Marinoff, who's like one of like the best players in the AFLW. And then I had Eloise Jones trying to ring me at the same time, like as if you'd answer someone else over me. And then I had Chelsea Randall. It was, yeah, it was unreal. Rory Sloan. Oh, Yeah, Tom Lynch. No, yeah, it was sorry. awesome. Yeah, I couldn't, nothing like it. Never experienced it before. That's beautiful. I think that's a good thing about when players get drafted in the AFL especially, you see it and obviously when yourself and Zoe and Abby got drafted, media's flooded and, and all the girls are getting around one another and I'm sure that would be very welcoming. Yeah. Someone who's new, someone who's just turned 18 to, to feel welcomed by all these players you look up to. I'm sure the year before when you were in 2021 playing for the Bays, you would have been looking up to these girls like Ebony and obviously you played with her and the goat herself, Erin um, Phillips, obviously. That would yeah. be pretty cool to play with her as well. Yeah, I still I still can't believe it. Like you watch them on TV for five years and then you're running out with them. I still go there and like, oh, Hachi is yeah. in the gym. I'm training with her. It's so weird. 
feel like it would help because they do seem like a very friendly bunch and they're very down to earth. And I think um, it helps with you coming into that environment, knowing that they're just humans just like you. And I think that's that's a a really good point that doesn't matter how good you are at whatever you do. Hopefully they're just relatable, just like you, which helps. They're humans just like you. Yeah. Brooke, you're done. Triple H finished. How do you feel? Feeling really good. That was, that was really good. Yeah. I'm going to have to. You might have to take that into the crows. And give yeah. Us a, and hey, hey. We actually did do that at the crows. Oh. oh well, Something similar. Yeah. It wasn't exactly Triple H, right, well, but it was Well, thanks, guys. This thing. is the last ever episode <laughs> we're going to be doing for the Triple H podcast. Thanks for having us. But you're not done yet. Dan and I will kick us off. Dan, give us your two things. Last um, week, what happened? Last week, it was my brother's birthday. Turned the big six, as you do. Um, got him the old Pokemon cards for his birthday. Oh. Uno, a little uh, wallet with the old Velcro. Now, next one, um, what's coming up? Uh, what's coming up is um, my uh, sister worked on a Netflix uh, show called Pieces of Her, which has Tony Collette in it. Go ahead, give it a little wow. watch. And that's coming out. That's already come out and I've watched the first episode. What I'm looking forward to is finishing it and watching it. And the coolest moment was mum and I last night watching the first episode and getting to the end and seeing her name on the um, credits was pretty cool. What's her name? Her name is Jacinda Scott. Jacinda Scott. Jacinda Scott. Give her a follow. <laughs> Incredible. Um, but no, I was. We were all really, really proud of everything that she's done at the moment. All the productions that she's working on. Um, so we're, I'm excited to watch the rest of that. Look, the first episode was incredible. So if you're at home, you need a new show. Little shout out to pieces of her on Netflix. Go give it a watch and let us know what you think. That's me for. Something that's good and something coming out. What about you, Jetty? What have you been up to this week? Well, funnily enough, I got out of ISO. Um, I was a close contact. So mm. I had seven days to myself, which was a highlight. Especially getting out was great, but... Good refresher. Good refresher. Watching basketball. Honestly, I watched a lot of Phoenix, which was incredible. And I just like really just dead time, which was special. It's good. It's good to... I know we've talked about this before, but it's being like a human human. Not being like a social human that has to deal with everything. I just was just being. I just went busy. to the bathroom. I made food. Reflected. Watched basketball. Too. Read. Slept. Went for some good walks. I did in the backyard. It was lovely. <laughs> a few walks around the backyard. It was a good little little land down there, down the coast. So that was special. And coming up, I'm heading to Melbourne. I'm DJing a wedding this Sunday, like in the country in Melbourne and my best mates live down in Melbourne as well. So I'll just spend a week there. Honestly, it's going to be your closing song to bring the house down. Hey, last song. What are we going to well, play? It's really interesting. It's a silent disco oh. wedding, which is really cool. So everyone's got headphones, right? So I have to play three different channels at once, which is a nightmare. So I've got like one eighty station, one kind of just like modern R and B hip hop station. And then I'm going to be DJing early 2000s, like Ministry of Sound, like club bangers. I'll probably end on like, probably like Darude Sandstorm. Sandstorm? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Have you, ever, have you ever done um, silent discos? I've not. Oh, you're missing out. Get onto it. They look, they look pretty fun. They are very fun. They look honestly ridiculous. If, you, if you're just walking past and Watching you're seeing people, outside. you're like, what yeah. the hell's going on? But when you're involved, it is a lot of fun. It is a good fun. Just having the headphones on, good music, dancing in public. Best times. Brooke? Mm, I reckon my something that was good last week was the um, Fringe show that was brought. Like, I touched on it before, but um, 
I've never laughed so hard ever in my whole life, I don't think, for that long. We had musicians, we had two drags, we had two comedians. It was... Did you enjoy the drag show? Oh. I love drag shows. It was fabulous. Yeah. I got called out by one of them for looking like a five-year-old. He um, asked how old I was, <laughs> thinking I was just one of the children of the coaching staff and um, told him I was 18. He could not believe it. <laughs> he, it was really funny. Um, I feel like that would have brought the house down. Yeah. Because he, is that something within your group? Because like obviously you're new to football and yeah. you're one of the younger ones. Is that something within your team? Like you're the younger, like the kid of the group basically. Oh, definitely. When I you got announced I was making my debut, I was just reading the comments and there was like, <laughs> who let this 12-year-old in? <laughs> How old is she? Like, is she allowed to play? <laughs> Genuine concern. Are we sure that this young girl should like, be on the should field? Should I comment my birth certificate? Like, do I need to clarify? And um, did your mum let you out of school today? Like that sort of yeah, stuff. literally something something that's good. Looking forward to coming up. Could be a week. Could be a month. I'm looking forward to. I get to see Nomaki, my best friend um, Nomaki Glanats. It's her birthday tomorrow, and she is coming down from Tasmania. She's just started uni in Tassie. Um, cool. she and she moved away. Out of the blue, she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm living in Tasmania now," and I was like, "Oh, yeah, right." So, um, she's coming down for the weekend, so it's good. It'll be good to see her, and then obviously finals for Crows would be good to be a part of that vibe. But yeah, that's something. Two things I'm looking forward to. Finals fever, baby. Yeah, exactly. Exciting. Bring another flag home, Crom. Come on. Yeah. That does us for today on the Triple H podcast, Brooke. Thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you. That was awesome. Was it fun? Yeah. Didn't know what I was expecting, but that, that was really good. It's uh, it's really special that you've taken the time out. Again, Dan and I, super grateful. You're incredible. Don't be too hard on yourself. Keep doing what you're doing because you make so many people proud. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. for. But you don't need to hear that from me. You've got thousands and thousands of fans and young sports people watching you do amazing things. So I know so many people out there. You're an inspiration to so many people. So. Just walking in, just walking into school, into the boarding house. It was like royalty. I'm not sure if they were yelling at me or you, but I think it was you. Oh, no, definitely, not definitely you. disagree. I think Brooke. <laughs> so in closing, everyone, we just want to say you are not a burden and we hope you repeated that after I just said that. And when you get the opportunity, give your family a big hug from us. Brooke, last words. Get involved with journaling. Yes. Come on. Thanks for listening to the Triple H podcast. Like and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Music to stay up to date with episodes and follow us at the Triple H Podcast on Instagram. If you wish to get in touch with us, send an email at the Triple H Podcast at gmail.com. Special thank you to Prizefight for providing the theme, his song, Vulnerable. And thank you to Uncle Michael O'Brien for our show's Welcome to Country. <laughs>